happy weekend. Welcome to this blockchain bites about inflation and inflation hedges Bitcoin and Ethereum as inflation hedges. And I wanted to go into this because there's been some talk. It's amazing how fast the narrative changes on this topic because for the past maybe seven years, Bitcoin has been an inflation hedge. And then over the past three months, but really over the past month, Bitcoin has gone from being an inflation hedge to Bitcoin has gone into being a quote-unquote risk-on, risk-off um, asset class. And the reason for that, for this change in narrative, well, it's two things. One is just people are so, so short uh, time frame minded. And two, that over the past three months, four months, five months, six months, something like that, Bitcoin has had an incredibly high correlation with the NASDAQ. Maybe over the past even year and a half over the pandemic, if I'll, if I'll go zoom back over time. And so in this blockchain bite, I wanted to dive into really quickly what inflation is, what an inflation hedge is, and zoom out to a time frame where when we talk about an inflation hedge, it actually makes sense to use that term. And I'm going to be referring here basically Bitcoin and Ethereum because those are the two uh, cryptocurrencies in my mind that actually serve this purpose, and we'll get into that in a second. But inflation, and I'm going to read here from Wikipedia, in economics, inflation is a general increase in the price of goods and services in an economy. When the general price level rises, each unit of currency buys fewer goods and services. Consequently, inflation corresponds to a reduction in the purchasing power of money. So what that means basically is that we have more dollars in the system chasing the same amount of goods or fewer goods, and therefore we bid the price up of those goods. If you only have $100 in the system, uh, the price for a piece of gum will be $1. If we create $1,000 in the system, we now have $1,100 in the system, but we still only have 10 pieces of gum. Well, we're all going to be willing to pay more for that gum because we all have more dollars. Therefore, the value of a dollar vis-a-vis a piece of gum has gone down. Now, over the past 70 or 80 years, there are all kinds of different statistics out there for this, but in general, the purchasing power of a dollar and what one dollar can buy you has gone down anywhere from 70 to 95%, depending on, on what source you want to quote. But I think overall, it's gone down a lot. Um, and this also depends on where people start counting from. If it's from the end of Bretton Woods um, in 1972, 1971, uh, when we went off the gold standard officially, then the purchasing power is down by like 80%. If you go back to the 40s, then it's down more. But the bottom line is that the purchasing power of the dollar has gone down. And the inverse of that is that prices have gone up, right? Because we still have $1, you're just able to pay, you're able to buy much less with it. And so that's the devaluation of currency vis-a-vis -vis inflation in general. Um, there is one thing here that's really important to note is that inflation often gets conflated with just the rise of the price of goods in the economy. And so, for example, what we're going through now where there is less oil in the market is considered, a lot of people call it inflation, but it's not technically a monetary inflation. It's actually there's just less oil around. And so people are willing to bid it up, but that's just a supply and demand mechanic. It's not because there's actually more money in the system. Inflation is actually a monetary effect. It's when you have more money in the system buying the same amount of goods. 
And that is different from a supply price increase, which is what we're seeing now and what we also saw in the 70s with the oil embargo. Now, what is an inflation hedge? Well, an inflation hedge, and here I'm also going to go to Investopedia and just give you the definition. An inflation hedge is an investment that is considered to protect the decreased purchasing power of a currency that results from the loss of its value due to rising prices, either macroeconomically or due to inflation. Right? So an inflation hedge is something you put on so that even though you're losing purchasing power, you will still be able to buy the same amount of things or mitigate that. Uh, hedges in general are very common in financial markets. And so if you have a lot of farm and you don't want to be have so much risk tied into the price of corn, then maybe you'll hedge your bets by either selling corn ahead of time or buying, I don't know, the opposite of corn, which to me would be soybeans, but what do I know? Um, and so that's what inflation hedges do. Now, what's amazing to me about this is that when people talk about inflation, they, they don't really talk about it on a day over day or month over month basis. They talk about it in years. They talk about it in really long term time horizons. Uh, when we when we measure the devaluation of the dollar, the earliest time frame is like the 2000s or the 70s or the 40s, right? These are 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 70 year time periods. Uh, when we think about an inflation hedge, you're not an airline that's trying to hedge oil prices for the next year for the next season, right? A lot of companies do inflation hedges for the next crop, like Starbucks will buy coffee beans a year ahead of time so that they don't get hit with inflation. But we as kind of investors, when we think about inflation hedges, I'm thinking about an inflation hedge for the next five or 10 years. I don't really know or care what the price is going to do in the next two or three months. That's not what I'm cut out for. And so an inflation hedge against a currency devaluation in general is not something that happens on a two to three month time frame. We're talking about a multi-year slash multi-decade trend. And that's what concerns us. And that is where Bitcoin and Ethereum in general have shown. They have completely been an inflation hedge since, they're, uh, since they've come into the playground here. Bitcoin in 2008, 9, 10, Ethereum in 2015, they have completely hedged inflation simply by measuring how much they've appreciated versus how much the inflation has gone up. Inflation has gone up quite a lot over the past year and over the past few years, whether you measure the CPI or whether you measure something else. But in general, Bitcoin and Ethereum have risen thousands of percent more. And so they have completely been an inflation hedge. And the way to measure that is so simple. You put a dollar in Bitcoin or in Ethereum and you see what it's worth today versus the purchasing power of the dollar. And you see that it has been an inflation hedge. And this is why these arguments on TV get me so frustrated because how did we go from measuring something that's usually a multi-year, multi-decade time horizon to all of a sudden saying, oh, the Bitcoin just trades with the NASDAQ ever since we started giving out free money and people were, were, were gambling generatively during COVID. And all of a sudden it's not an inflation hedge. That's completely, completely false. And I'm not seeing people push back on this argument, even though it's completely the numbers don't back it up and what makes both ethereum and bitcoin such good inflation hedges it's that there is a capped supply there will only ever be 21 million bitcoin we all know that there will only ever be 115 million or so ethereum kind of depending on the burn they are both their supply is vastly 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 constrained vis-a-vis -vis the fiat money supply no matter how we think the, the, the Federal Reserve is leaning these days, hawkish or dovish, 
the supply of dollars in the world, the supply of fiat currencies in the world is only going up and to the right. And in that world where it's going up and to the right more than the rate of inflation on Bitcoin, which also halves every four years, Bitcoin is almost by design, not almost, but it is by design an inflation hedge. As long as there is some demand for Bitcoin that outstrips the supply coming in and the price doesn't decline by more than the rate of inflation in the general fiat world, Bitcoin will be an inflation hedge. And over a span of three or six or 12 months, that might not hold true, but over a multi-year time horizon, which is how we should be thinking about the currencies we hold, it definitely, definitely is. Now, the US dollar and fiat currencies in general, they are short-term stable, but long-term, the volatility in them is devastating. A currency can be stable for a year or two years, but over 70 or 80 years, lose 95% of its purchasing power. And that is devastating for anyone who just holds the currency for that period of time. And that is why you need an inflation hedge. That is why you need to be holding something that is inherently an inflation hedge over a long-term time horizon, and that is Bitcoin or Ethereum. And so that is this 10-minute blockchain bite and my rant on why the inflation hedge narrative these days is just complete bull and why we should be thinking more long-term when we are considering our basket of currencies and our basket of store of value. That's what a store of value is. It's over the longer term.